Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, much uh, has been said about the young woman who initially was thought to have blown herself up using a suicide belt during the French police assault on a Paris apartment housing suspected terrorists a couple of days ago, including individuals involved in the murderous attack last Friday on the French capital. It's now said the young woman did not kill herself, as initially described, but she did die. She had also been said to be a happy young woman who enjoyed parties and Western life until recently. So what causes a young person to so dramatically shift and become a terrorist willing to die or willing to kill? Dr. Frank Farley joins me, past president of the American Psychological Association. His blog is The People's Professor on the Psychology Today website. Frank, um, psychological factors that are present which would facilitate a transition from a normal young person to a terrorist prepared to commit the acts that we've become familiar with, unfortunately, sadly. Uh, What's present in their psychological makeup that allows them to make that abhorrent shift? Well, firstly, we've not had a lot of valid studies of recruits into ISIS. However, there's some things to think about here. Uh, ISIS um, is a volunteer military, if you want to call it a military, and it is, basically. So ISIS is a volunteer army. Um, What attracts people to an army anyway when they're not conscripted but it's voluntary? And I believe that one key factor is literally thrill-seeking, excitement-seeking, what I call type T, capital letter T, behavior. It's exciting, it's thrilling, it's different, it's challenging, uh, yes, it's risky, um, but it's, it's different from everyday life. And if you think of her, at one point she was homeless, as I understand it. Yes, that's what we're and told. So, yeah. you know, there she was, sort of beneath the underdog. She had nothing and was homeless. And what a, what a target for recruitment into ISIS or any terror organization. You know, we'll lift you up and out. And, um, and so she did it. And they have a ready-made ideology that if you die, you know, you're going to heaven. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. And uh, lots of young people in ISIS have done this, made this commitment, etc. On the suicide front, now she apparently was not a suicide bomber, but it is of interest. How many suicide bombers are female? I mean, there's been a fair number of them. And uh, here's an interesting fact. Uh, Women tend to, on average, think more about suicide than men. Men are more successful at suicide than women. But women think about it more often than men. And so who knows if some of these recruits into ISIS, uh, young women, young men, uh, looking for something different in their life, something exciting. And, um, and for, for women who might have some suicide ideation or thoughts already, you know, they got a ready-made situation for them. And uh, they're more likely to be successful with it. Uh, Again, men tend to be more successful at at taking their own life than women, but they think about it less frequently. 
can you can you get to them once they're part of a terror organization? In effect, can you bring them back to who they were, or are they forever going to remain part of the terror organization? And that plays into the question about those who return and and go back to their home countries and are considered by by authorities to remain a threat. Is that is that the default scenario? Uh, it's possible. I'm a bit skeptical uh, about it, though, Roy. I, I, uh, why did they come back? You know, was there something missing by the time they got into ISIS, let's say, or any al-Qaeda or any other, Boko Haram or any of those? If, by the time they got in there and spent some time, as, did they find that there was something missing? And, uh, you know, in a sense, they became homesick, to use that old phrase term. But... Um, I, one of the things I think that we should think about with ret- such people returning is that they don't then discover how boring life is at home, you know, and then they might want to stir the pot. And um, we're familiar with that from the U.S. military. You know, we get PTSD, we get a high rate of homelessness, and, and we got a fairly high rate of crime among returning veterans who come home to, to, you know, Main Street Canada, Main Street USA, and it's boring compared to what they've been through. It's unexciting and so on, and they just can't get with it. If you remember the movie Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. Will James, the central figure in, in the Hurt Locker, that was his, exactly his problem. It was so thrilling and exciting in, in the war, and he would come back to Main Street and it was dull. There were scenes of him shopping, and he was just bored with it. And finally, he he packed it in and went back into war. So I think that when they return, if they return from Syria or elsewhere, um, it's important that we engage them. We know who they are. We get them engaged in things, maybe education, maybe, I don't know, a lively, interesting alternatives. Uh, I do think they remain a threat if they come back and discover that life back home is 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 dull and uninteresting and and they may also be suffering from stigma and rejection they would remain basically a threat but i think there's ways to deal with it i received an email from a friend who uh, who, who wrote essentially how can you see what's going what went on in paris how can you, and then in sort of extrapolating moving forward, how can you look at a city like Brussels, which is in lockdown today, as the authorities fear a Paris-style attack, how can you look at what happened in Paris and feel any attraction of any kind to participate in, in, in that sort of activity? And, and that's, what he, that's when he actually sent me the email. Why don't you talk to your psychologist friend who's on the show regularly, Dr. Farley? I think that's a fair question. It's a, good, it's a very good question, but consider this. What goes on in wartime? There's the other, there's them and us. And what's our job? Kill them. So that's Basically. how they see it. It's that, that's how it boils down, you know. And we just have one war. After, remember World War I, the war to end all wars. You know, millions of them were killed by us, and millions of us were killed by them. It's what happens in war. And terrorists view what they do as war. You know, they're getting their own back at the United States and at other countries that they view as slaughtering Muslims out there in other countries. 
you know, exporting violence to all these other countries and killing Muslims and so on. And so they're simply getting their own back. We have and less they than, view it as justifiable. Frank, we have less than a minute. If you have, if you're, I've talked to parents of, uh, of young men who've gone and joined ISIS and have been killed um, fighting for ISIS. I had the parents on the show afterward. If you're a parent, if you're a family member, and, and what are you looking for in somebody who... You, you wonder a little bit whether they're changing too much, and you've, you've, you've heard some common denominators that may be present. Um, what are you looking for? I'm sorry, we have about 30 seconds now. Um, alienation from you, uh, alienation from our society in Canada and the States, that's key. You know, they're alienated, and are they kind of risk-taking kids, you know? So... If you look at them and you think, boy, you know, this, this kid's a risk taker, could really get engaged in all sorts of things, uh, unusual things. But a key thing would be the alienation factor. All right. And they're becoming alienated, and it's your responsibility, I feel, to detect it. Okay. Uh, remind us what uh, the organization you're the incoming president of? The Society for the Study of Peace, Conflict, and violence. I think he'll be busy. Yeah, I think, I think so. he'll be busy. Dr. Farley, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Frank. Dr. Frank Farley, past president of the American Psychological Association. Uh, he's Canadian. He's one of us. We'll come back and tell you about our next hour, and we're going to open up the phone lines, and I know you'll want to be part of it. Stay with us.